and welcome to Rugby Bits Podcast. And boy, we've got a bit of a surprise for you today. We've um, welcoming, welcoming back a, a prodigal son that's come back to our podcast. And we're going to be reviewing round 10 of the URC. We're looking and looking forward to some rugby that's happening this week, including Six Nations and Super Rugby relaunching. And then we're going, and but first we're going to look through a Springbok alignment camp that's been announced by Rassi Erasmus today. As Quick said in our WhatsApp group, Rassi must love the podcasters because he releases this all on a Monday morning. So Cooks is the one person that's here with me. And I've also got, returning from the busyness there of the UK, and it's Jared Wright rejoining the pod. The prodigal son has returned. Jared, how, how are you doing? Yes, Sally, that's that's such an amazing uh, opening. I'm glad to be back. Um, I'm I'm glad that you guys have negotiated with Cooks and with all of his traveling around the uh, South Africa and going to the the cricket finals and everything that um, you've managed to cut down his budgets and um, I can have a little bit of crumbs to feed on. You know what? He's talking already, eh? Jared's been here. So long. He's, he's always treating me for being away, for actually doing my job and, and still finding a way to the pod. When's Jay? How many Twitter followers you got? Like fifty thousand. We've lost you ever since you started hitting them, like forty, fifty thousand. We've lost you now. You like Should we be? actually had to, we actually had to go through his agent. We had to go through his Should agent. We the, Should we tell the listeners that Jared unfollowed me, and yeah. I just found out like yeah, a follow, week ago yeah, that he me. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I explained to you what happened there. I was trying to like the slander and somehow managed to unfollow you. Um, Cooks' slander was was hitting hard, and uh, yeah. I was laughing so much that I hit the unfollow button on time. <laughs> yeah, no, Cooks, we need to talk about that, actually. Tyler, I have no regret. For anyone to see it, I said Tyler, because I saw, obviously, now we've, obviously we've been recording with, with um, also you can see, with videos, you can see Tyler, and I saw his beautiful new hairstyle, these dreadlocks, and I, and I said he's just nice podcasting Daniel Dimas. He's a, he's a blitz book. I don't know why you're getting upset about that. Um, it's a compliment. <laughs> Yo, I couldn't even get like Branko Dupria or Roscoe Speckman or Cecil Africa. You know, I, to I told you, I told you the reason being is once you said that Scotland has got a world-class captain and a, a lead of men and they have I was like, I'm going to get you back for this because I thought this year we were starting a new leaf. I was like, I'm, I was waiting a part of my time and then you and, and Sean's brilliant idea for, for our Zoom chats just came and just gave me the perfect opportunity. Yeah, that's on us. That's definitely on us. Gents, um, just as a bit of an icebreaker, we haven't had a or we haven't put up a first phase for this week, but just gonna ask you on last week's one. So last week's one was predicting the four um World Rugby Player of the Year um winners um with this World Cup site. Cooks, I'm gonna start with you. And because actually you kind of inspired this question because you said that Damien Willems is gonna win one um in the next four years. So at least that's one covered. I'm wondering who you think is going to take the other three? Okay. I'll talk to in order to make it. I mean, I did predict earlier that Gregory Aldridge wouldn't play the year this year and then France shut the bed five days later <laughs> to make him look like an idiot. Um, so I've got to stick with, 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 with Aldridge for this year. I think Damien Willemsen next year. Um, hmm. I've got need two more. 2027. I'm going to skip the third one. No, wait. Oh, this is such a tough one because I think an all-black always it tends to win it somehow. So I'll give it to Damien McKenzie. I think he might he might put something together for a year, and then um, and then I'll probably go. I've got to go to the African because I think we'll win the World Cup again. Um, 
Let's go Cameron Hanukkah 2020, 2027. Ooh. Love it. Yeah, see, that's bold, eh? That's I'm, huge, I'm, eh? I'm going to be boring because um, I, I, I think uh, we're going to have like the same, like, uh, but the same way it's been going over the last few years, like I don't think a South African is going to win it anytime soon. I think we'll be lucky if we get Damian Willemson next year, although I'd love him to win it. But I reckon it's it's probably going to be the, uh, Kalen Doris this year, um, depending on how Ireland do when they come to South Africa. But uh, it'll probably be Doris even if they lose the series. Um, so I'll go, I'll go with Doris this year. And then... Oh, uh, it's it's the Lions series next year, uh, so I think it'll probably go to one of the Lions there as well. So I could see Doris probably going back to back. Um, yeah, seriously, I I'm trying to think of another. Uh, I think it might be Doris, then Sheehan, um, then maybe Willemse, but Dupont will be back. So Doris, Sheehan, Dupont, Dupont. And Ali Sevilla. I mean, don't forget, um, Jared Dupont's already been named a seventh rugby uh, player of the year already this year. Oh yes, so, um, oh yes. He's got his trophy for the year sorted already. Hasn't played a yeah. game yet, but he's already he's already won the award. Yeah. No, listen, like uh, I, I, you'll probably see this year, uh, Evan Espeth will like come back from injury from the Sharks and absolutely tear it up, and then uh, he he might get nominated again, but there's no ways he's winning it. So. Yeah, I, I, I really do think that will happen. Um, I'd love for a South African to win it in the next four years, but I don't, we probably won't. Jared, I love the Eben Itzabeth shout talking about when he comes from injury. This is the classic Eben Itzabeth injury. He gets yeah. injured about Feb. Feb between, we, we, between Feb and April, and summer gets himself ready, but by July, you'll be, you'll be fit and firing. Yeah, oh, that's why Rassi had that uh, comment after the World Cup that no, um, they need to prepare for like the second row stocks. And although um, Edsbeth could, uh, like, he's is a beast, he doesn't think he'll be able to be at the same physicality at the next World Cup. I'm like, bruh, that guy always just gets injured for time off. <laughs> <laughs> like, Tony Sexton goes to Italy for a week, even gets like two months off from like between Feb and April. It's like, okay, cool, you, you can do whatever you want. Now he's at the Sharks, now they, now they can control him. Toulon was actually holding us back. It's like, okay, cool, now he's at the Sharks. But you're going you to play about 10 games in a row in December, and then from there, don't stress, tell the family you, you, you guys are going to the bush for about two, for about two months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had to get bullied by Bucky's Boater to actually play for Toulon in that last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm not sure which former Sharks going to stand up here. <laughs> I'm not sure. And I mean, yeah, and unless the Sharks make an unlikely run in the Challenge Cup, um, yeah, I think Eben Etzebeth might only see a few games and then just say cheers for the rest of the of, of the domestic year. Um, but yeah, I think we'll have to see how he goes. So let's um, speak of Etzebeth. Let's get into the Springbok alignment cap that was announced um, this morning. There's 43 players that have been invited to a lineman camp, and basically what the lineman camp is, is everyone just meeting Rassi and meeting each other and getting all the passwords, Wi-Fi passwords that they need. Um, there are, and Jared breaks it down on his account, there are 39 domestic players, there are four Japanese-based players, there are 19 Rugby World Cup winners, and then 16 uncapped players. Jared, I'll start with you. Which is the uncapped player that either stands out to you the most or surprised you the most? Uh, I think it's 
quite an easy one in Manus van der Merwe, um, mm. the Cheetahs hooker. He's the only the only Cheetahs player to to be in the squad. Um, I think he's flown quite a bit under the radar. Um, he's been scoring regularly for the Cheetahs. He's got a good lineout, quite a brace of players. So. Yeah, he's 27 years old, so he's in the nice age bracket for for a front rower. And yeah, we we're looking at our hooker options uh, for life after Bongi and Benambi. Um, I think we can get into Joe Dwebe a bit later, but uh, Rossi's obviously looking at uh, what's behind Marks and uh, Bongi and life after Bongi. And yeah, I, th- I think uh, it's 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 quite nice to see that uh, the cheaters aren't just being overlooked um, when it comes to Springbok selection. Um, but yeah, that that's the one that really stood out for me. Um, I know there's a lot more exciting ones in the backs and in the back row and that kind of thing. But but you know, I like to do it. I always like to go to the the dark places and start there. Yeah, as you should, as you should. Um, yeah, it's interesting with the hookers. Um... So the hookers that have been selected apart from Bonambi and Marks, so, uh, um, I think Bonambi's already 32, Marks is entering his 30s this year. Um, so you have Jan Hrobla from the Bulls, you have Andre Juchefenta from the Stormers, uh, you have um, Manus van der Madva, as um, Chad has talked about, you have Jan Hendrik Vessels, who can play hooker when, he want, when they play him there and when he wants to. Um, so those are four options all in like the sort of early to mid-20s and clearly sort of being prepared as that next generation of hooker um, posts um, Marks and Bonambi. There's clearly a jersey that's up for grabs there. So it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, during the course of the season, who stands up, who takes, you know, that, um, who takes the that third-choice hooker option, at least in the short term. Cox, who's your um, uncapped player that surprised you? I must say also, Jared's been in the UK for too long if he's calling Bloom a dark place. So I hope Jared's not coming down for the second time. <laughs> I was two. talking about the front <laughs> row. Not, I was talking about the front row, not Bloom. <laughs> I'm trying to get you, you attacked in Bloom when you come back here for the second test against <laughs> But um, I'll stick to the forwards as well. I think I want to say a standout for me is Umbilo Gumede. I think it just... Um, if no one, I'd have paid good money for someone who thought Bill Goodmeter would be like sort of in a box mix when he first joined the Bulls. I think, obviously, we've seen him leave the Sharks. And I think, I mean, it's testament to the form he's shown um, that, you know, he, he sort of put himself in that conversation to get into the lineman camp. And I think it just showed, like, the, the growth he has and how good he's been. And almost like the Bulls have got the ultimate one two punch at eighth man with Goodmeter and Hanukkah. You can sort of mix them around and. And 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 for me, like it's just so great for a guy who left the Sharks and then um, went to show how it was going to happen the Bulls, and he's taking his opportunities by, and he and he's been amazing this season. So for him to get that reward and and, and to be in alignment camp is is fantastic. Probably it was probably between him and Daimani for that for that um, for that last for, for that back row spot. And I think obviously Kumeda, I mean, can do both seven and and I know Daimani can, but obviously I'm sure Kumeda probably fits into the mold of other box one day back rows to be so yeah i mean that's for me is you could i mean besides him and minus fundamera probably those are two guys at the start of the year that no one probably had money to see them in alignment camp or, or in any sort of box mix so can i just point saying out like across all the across all the teams there's like at least one like surprise um inclusion in the from the from the urc teams except for the sharks like 
if you look at the list of guys, they're all guys that have, um, the, all of them are uh, Springbok, uh, the World Cup uh, winners, except for Mshunu. And literally, he, he was already being lined up by the uh, Springboks in 2021. Like, <laughs> the rest of it, there's, there's no surprises. So, yeah, if you want to make the Springbok squad and you're a young guy at the Sharks, best chance is probably sign with the Bulls or Stormers. <laughs> or Lions. True. No, Amba. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of sprinkling of former Sharks alumni <laughs> making it big in other places, unfortunately. Um, yeah, and good news for the Sharks or Sharks youngsters is you can look forward to another two Springboks looking um, looking to join the, the, the Sharks next season, apparently. Um, we, um, I think my surprise is Nietzsche for Shea. Um, a little bit unexpected in some ways, but... I think totally justified on his form. I think he's been mm. probably the best non-Springbok um, tight head for a while in South Africa. Um, yeah, just a little bit unexpected because of his age. But I guess Dion Fury has broken that age barrier for everyone now. Um, but yeah, obviously a really good scrummager. He's great around the field. He's got a good pass on him as well. He makes a, at least one sneaky run or two um, during a match as well. He's obviously great. He seems like he's great vibes as well. Um, and yeah, obviously he's been the captain for the Stormers for most of the season, and we know how he is on on, on social media as well. So yeah, I'm I'm loving the Fashir pick. I think that's just another prop that's going to, you know, he's not going to be someone that disappoints the Springboks coming on, you know, from the bench. He can probably hold his own against most props around the world, and he can contribute to the loose as well. Yeah, I think we need to get out of that mindset of like a guy coming into the Springbok team to play for four or five years or like in the case of it's a bit like 10 12 years like there's still players that can come in do a job for three years at their peak and i think for for sure it's it's that time for him um yeah it's still early days and we still have uh players like carlo sardi and thomas Sutoy, uh overseas that could come in but yeah i think it's i think it's great for him i think he like you say, he won't disappoint if he's given given the chance. And yeah, if if he goes, if he's a player that we line up to replace Mahoube, if Mahoube's not going to make it to the next World Cup, then that's great. And he goes to one World Cup with the Springboks. That's perfect. So just to go through the list of um, uncapped players that have made the squad, Sneetlin Foshia, the prop for the Stormers, it's Johan Krobela, the Bulls hooker, Stelipilo Gomede, um, the loose forward for the Bulls, Cameron Anakorm, um, as Edward Jenkins, a good follow on Twitter, saying um, the person that Warren Gatlin has rejected and he's going to a second option in South Africa. Um, it's Andre Juchofenta, the hooker for the for the Stormers. Uh, then it's uh, Manus van der Merwe, we've talked about him, the hooker for the Cheetahs. Ruben van Heerden, someone we've talked about for the last few weeks on this pod, as a really good hook, um, lock for the Stormers. He's been playing really well. So that's no real surprise. Ron Fento just pretty much just tackles people and just, you know, tackles them into last week um, for the Lions at, at flank and Yami Hendrik Vessels, um, the prop hooker swingman for the Bulls. Then the backs, it's Sasha Feinberg and Gomuzuru who had a really good game on Saturday. Um, Suleiman Atzenberg, who was the center partner for the Stormers. Jordan Hendrickson, uh, um, Jane Hendrickson's brother, who plays fly for the Lions. John Horn, um, the fullback for the Lions as well. Sanele Nohamba, who's been playing, you know, the Morgan Parra role for the Lions. Mone van der Berg, who's been playing the Fafte Klerk role for the Lions. And Ego van Veek, who's been playing the Jacques Ferry role for the Lions. Um, uh, 
last few ones. And I think most of them cooks, you can say, apart from, um, as you said, Gumedia and, and Marlis van der Madre, most of these players have been putting in the work the last two or three seasons in the URC. There's no one here that's just on a hot run of form. It's players that have been, at least have a season worth of um, worth of form to back up their inclusion in the squad. Everyone has come pretty a pretty long way to justify themselves into this alignment camp. Yeah, 100%. And then um, and, and a few of those guys, Tala, also played SAA as well. So they've yeah. been around the setup and, um, and, and sort of, so, and, and they have been playing well. I think obviously when you get into a World Cup year, there's, a, there's not many debuts that they, they get thrown around. Um, but um, so you, you, you always felt sort of this is the year where we will see sort of a, a whole bunch of new new captains, the guys like the Sashim Gomezulu's, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the Franco Horns, guys like that who have been good for a good number of, year, a good number of seasons, getting the reward on Mornay van der Berg. So um, it does show that um, we, we still have a, a great group of um, players coming through. And for me, the exciting thing is also still have 20 players, in, 27 players in that group with test with test experience and still young, so and also having guys who've been in SA have gone on tour with our coaches as well. So, so for them, that setup won't be too new. And I just like it's like it's it's incredible how the depth we have in, in, in a healthy place. Yeah, I mean, coming off a World Cup, um, we just you know it's another example about how the the job that um, Rassi and Jacques done. I know obviously it is still frustrating. Obviously, you're just. Sixty-two percent win rate in between those World Cup, but how they've been able to create depth and how they, in those three years, and now, hopefully, no no pandemic. I mean, we can have a four-year run and we can introduce some of these exciting players into the mix, especially with the group of players we have now. So, yeah, it's great to to see these guys rewarded, and um, it's 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 incredible how healthy our rugby our rugby is at the moment. Okay, Jared, let's get spicy and. Negative here. The snaps. <laughs> Who who's disappointed? Who's sending off horrible WhatsApps to Rassi Rasmus right now? <laughs> I, I think uh Sean uh wanted us to put through um an Ambrose Papir. Um Oh yeah. Yeah. But it, like I, I was just thinking about it. Okay, we've um called up three uh World Cup winning scrum offs from twenty twenty three, one from twenty nineteen. And we've added two uncapped ones to it. So our love affair for Scrum Halves continues. Um, it just unfortunately doesn't extend to Papir. Um, but yeah, I think the one that everyone uh, sort of is pushing out is uh, Hashiva Daimani, um, which I, th- I think is a valid one that everyone can sort of put out there and say, listen, like he, he, he can feel hard done by. Yeah, it's it's literally just a meet and greet, uh, this camp and getting to know the coaches and that kind of thing. Doesn't mean uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that Evan Roos missed one of these last year. Um uh, and I'm like ninety five percent sure. And he still ended up playing for the Springboks later in the year. So it doesn't mean they, they are completely. But uh yeah, I, I think Darmani's the the one that the one name on Ewan's lips kind of thing. I love Jared, like, and Jerry, sorry, because I mean, I've, I was, I was, been, I've been having the same conversation in group chats the whole day about like, guys, it does just because it's an alignment camp. Like, some people think as if this, the, as the squad is playing in two weeks' time. Like, people are ready to be like, this person coming. Why is this person not in? I mean, it's like, clearly, South African rugby Twitter has been hungry for a, 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 a debate. Springbok um, squad. Uh, uh, Springbok yeah, squad. Yeah, we haven't had. 
We haven't had one since September or something last year. I know. Year. So now we like we are we are so ready for it. But shame, I, I do feel bad for. It. I think Ambrose and Damian because especially Ambrose. I think Ambrose for me is domestically is probably not best now in the last season season and a half. Yes, is playing argue and it's guys. We're into the stage where we could not find a scrum off besides five to clear. That was our issue. Like almost five was like we had to wrap him. Like he could probably couldn't practice in the week just to make sure he was fit for the weekend because you couldn't afford losing him. Now if you, we've got so many scrum offs where we can leave out a quality scrum off in an Ambrose Papier, and you know, like I think probably the the, the difference for someone like for example like Nohamba is the fact that he can play ten as well. So that does and uh, that does um that does play a factor as well. And Damani, it's it's a, it's a hard one because you know. If you have someone like Quaker Smith, for example, and almost who's that sort of, you know, jack of all trades sort of uh, flanker we have, or what utility forward we have, and it's kind of hard to fit him and Diamani. So it's a, it's a good it's a good place to be because unfortunately in South Africa it's the hardest place to be. At the moment is probably a nine and a, and a Lucy because as good as you are, there's there's fifteen other Lucys who are who are banging on the door as well. Yeah, and I think. You, you, yeah, you can't really say too much in those positions in particular. Like, you are fighting sort of against all odds, <laughs> essentially, even mm. in your team to make it every week. So, never mind fighting against all odds to be one of the best in South Africa. So, I mean, the challenge has been laid down for, for those players to try and make it there. Um, I, I was thinking of like, if, if, um, Rassi wanted to do things a bit old school and wanted to bring back some Rudolf Strali, um, type of um, uh, challenges here, like a Mone van der Berg versus Ambrose Papier boxing match. I, I'd, pay, I'd pay a bit of money to see that. I, w- <laughs> I won't lie to you. Um, Joe Dweber, yes. Well, yeah, I want to actually ask you, Jade, about Dion Free just now, but you can throw Dion Free in there, throw vessels mm. and... Um, Marnus um uh, and Marnus van der Madva in a fatal four way as well to to see who, who comes out um, for the hooker position. Like there's a there's a few little um matchups you can throw in there, maybe um Comedia versus um Daimani and Butelezi as well, just to 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 battle for these last few spots in the squad and, and see who comes out on top. Jared, is there can we start mentioning the R word for Dion Free? Have we heard anything? Uh I, I think his contract goes until the end of this season or next season? I think it's actually next season. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think you can start throwing out the R word just yet. Um, I think you can read into Dweber's omission more than you can read into uh, Dion Faris. Like, it, the guy was in the mix for the squad um, for the World Cup, and then he didn't make the World Cup. Then we lose a hooker, and obviously we wanted to get Andre in the squad. But then when... Um, uh, when when we uh, replaced Mapimpi in the squad, it would have made sense to bring in a hooker then. So so yeah, I I, I think we can start reading into that Joseph Dweber's uh, non-selection and sort of see if like you can wonder whether it's Erasmus trying to um, like get a reaction out of him um, and saying to him, listen. Like this, this is where you are in the pecking order. Like I want you to prove me wrong, or if he's actually just fallen out of favor completely from the Springboks and he is fifth or sixth choice now, as as we look ahead, because what he's only twenty seven, so he's still got a good few years ahead of him as a hooker. So yeah, 
I, I think that one's that one's a bit tough. Um, I think for Dion Free, he didn't play this past weekend. I can't remember. Is he is he injured at the moment, or is it part of his Springbok rest? I think he had a little something, but yeah, yeah. I, so I, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, someone like him, a veteran like him, um, you can sort of just leave him and not include him in something like this, so that when you do want to bring him in, he 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 will still be up to date and in the know. So. So yeah, I I think for him it will sort of be the case of okay, let's see what hookers we have going around, see what Lucy's we have going around. Um, but Dion, like keep yourself sharp. If if, if when we call you, you you straight in kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's it's almost like one of the overseas base players. He's that hasn't been in the squad that long, but he's still quite uh, like he's quite sharp with what's going on, and he's he's an experienced player. So. It's not essential that he's maybe at these uh, things that are almost like orientations for for a lot of the young players. I guess the only thing to read into it is maybe the likes of Malaga are injured and is injured, and he's made the squad, and Fury hasn't. So it's a bit of a question. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, these are like Cook said, there's no Springbok caps being handed out at this alignment camp. It's just everyone getting to know each other and the young players finding out what the senior players coffee orders are so there isn't really mm. much that for it's probably missing yet got also like i'm really tired of trying to figure out what goes on in the brain of rassi erasmus i don't yeah. we've done this for like <laughs> since 2018 now and clearly we don't we fall for this trap every time because knowing rassi you could just pick not pick Dion free for four years and like gets a call in 2027 hey by the way are you free like he's off the farm can you come and just play like, in the world cup for us so it's always funny, like, like Springbok coaches. I mean, like you could, like, you should actually be an exam, like in varsity, like try and try and like yes, here's, here's Rusty Rasmus squad. Try and dict- try and figure it out for fifty marks and see if you can come up with something that makes <laughs> any sort of sense. Like, but um, because yeah, because yeah, you're right. <laughs> Rusty's an, an interesting character because I mean, there are, there are certain guards, for example, like like um, I mean, our person of always love Salem and Hartenberg, where he's just come back from injury as well. We probably didn't think you you'd be a Sort of in the mix already as well. I mean, um, so it's 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 a hard to gauge because you could make certain arguments for certain players, like like you said, mm-hmm. like Marks in there, but he's injured. But then Freeze, if he's injured, then he could also be in there, like the the Japanese dogs right there. And also, what the hell is happening in Japan? Why are all these dogs injured at the same time? I know I know Vili got married a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and they all can't get leave for the one wedding. Like, what's it? Why is the four dogs injured? injured. It's <laughs> well, injured in inverted commas, I think. Well, Marks did get injured at the World Cup. It's still his World Cup injury. That's he, he, he got Dane Coles out of retirement to take his spot yeah. in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the other guys, uh, the Creo and uh, Faf, I think got injured in the same bloody game. So so try and make sense of that one. But uh, yeah, and yeah, they're just dumb luck. And obviously when the, those guys get injured, um, they get sent home to do their, their rehabilitation if it's if it's a long-term one and not, not a short-term one. So Gary, that, my theory is... They're there. My, <laughs> theory, my theory is, remember last season when people were just bashing different leagues and they said it's the, the, the Japanese league quite soft? I think they just, like uh, JC Krill and like Fafla guys were taking one for the team, the, telling people this, this league is so physical. Look at us, we're all battered. There's four of us here. We have to come back to South Africa and recuperate because of the, the pressures and the physicality of the tough <laughs> Japanese league. We actually need to come home and be in an alignment camp so we can get something softer. Zala, have you got some uh, tin over there for cooks? 
No, look, I my theory personally is that the Japanese rugby league is basically in Rassi Rasmus's pocket. They basically just take care of our players and just make sure that they are all spick and span for um, rugby world cups. So I'm not I'm not surprised if these players just don't play for four years. I think the only player that has an exception to these like only players like Ibn Ezebeth that can probably just tell a team like Toulon, like, hey, I'm not going to play for the next few months. Or Sia Kulisi, who's, you know, <laughs> like, he'll play, and then you're like, wait, did I see a picture of Sia Kulisi in Cape Town? Like, it's <laughs> he has the most random contract with Racing ever. I thought the French clubs were like, you know, like, death row records. Like, you can't get out of that contract. You pay every week. You know, the Fijians can't even get to World Cups, basically, if they sign to a French club. But, I don't know. It seems like Rassie can even control the leagues because he's getting all these players like the most like relaxed and flexible. It's like the flexi work contracts to end all flexi work contracts with him. No, hundred percent, and I love his work. Or maybe they just, they may, or maybe they have tricks here. They're like, this is how real it is in France, and then come like, and then come next year, they're like, yeah, I got you. Like, oh, guys, gonna get tumbled to see my family. I've got to go to South Africa. Like, no, you got to play. You got to play these games in between the Six Nations just to sort of because. We need we need you to play at least forty or forty five games a season. But um, on on something else, like, do you think, for example, like, I'm I'm thinking big picture now. Obviously, I mean, obviously we got a first squad, so of course I'm gonna start talking three peat. For the likes of like, Sia, France, Kitsi, and like Vili, not all of them will be will make it to the next World Cup. Do you think we should start introducing sabbaticals, like? So my thing is like, for example, like if I'm those Springboks, I've, I'm telling Sia, Eben, potentially Kitsi, I'll keep Vili in and going, like say for those other stores, like especially like the guys up front and going, listen, you're also going to play for the boxes here. We will report back to camp end of year tour. But you're going to finish your club season, then you're going to have time off, miss the rugby championship, and then you'll sort of come back end of the year tour. Because I do think we have enough cover for those sort of players. And, like, I do think, like, because I do think a, a good core of the older guys will be back for 2027, and I, and I do think it would be a way to keep them refreshed. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, th- I think you can only control it so much with uh, certain players. Like, there's no ways, um, like, Stephen Kitts, uh, also are going to let Stephen Kitts off have six months off, or, or you're just saying drop him for, for this box and he doesn't play the rugby championship. Yeah, no, no, yeah play oh, for okay. his club, but just, just don't be on bug shooting. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I think it's tough to try and tell a player that um, and trust that they they not gonna get replaced in the squad. So I I, I think uh, the Springbok squad might look at it a bit different, and that you earn your spot and you hold your spot, and then it's your job to keep that spot. And it's it's not a, it's not a given. So yeah, I, I I can see your point in it, but I think we've got enough raw talent and. Up, up and coming talent that um, there can also be a natural handover of, of positions in a in a lot of in a lot of spaces and guys that should stay in the squad will stay in the squad whether they keep their space in the, the match day twenty three or they just become squad members, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, I think it's probably a better way to 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 have them filter out. Um, the the one thing I did want to touch on with Sia is that I. Did chuckle a little bit thinking that uh, one of his reasons for um, joining Racing 92 is that he traveled less. And I don't think I've ever seen Sia Khaleesi travel more than he <laughs> is right now. 
But traveling in between Europe is a bit easier, Jared, than from, from going from like Cape Town to to, to He America. was watching the New York Nets the other <laughs> night. <laughs> it's not so, New York, it's a Brooklyn Nets. Always he, has, Brooklyn Nets he, yeah. has the greatest, <laughs> no. he has the greatest like, of, uh, like week of schedule of all time. Like, you know, you know some guys, yeah. you, you see them like just walking around the mall, like the Stormers guys, they're always at the beach. Like, see, I was like, hey, we're off this week. Okay, cool. He's in, he's in America. Like, okay, interesting. And he comes back to France, plays a rugby game. He's like, okay, guys, I'm going to go to South Africa this week. Cool. <laughs> Perfect. His, his teammates must probably hate him, like, when he comes back to camp on Monday. Like, so how was your week off? Like, oh, yeah, I was in America. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. In, I was, I was watching rugby in, in the Netherlands. They're like, and what did you guys do? Like, I just stayed at home, you know, just chilled with my friends. Like, this is what I did. Yeah. Yeah, my that's wife literally yeah. asked me, is Sia Kulisi, like, has he stopped playing rugby? And I was like, no. <laughs> and he's like, well, his Instagram says something different. So <laughs> this man is living life right now. I like it for him. I, I like it for him as well. And I, I, it, was, it was cool to see him out uh, at, at, the, at the Dutch game. Um, I, did, yeah. I was a bit disappointed with Rugby Europe that they only mentioned Sia and then you've got a double World Cup winning, the youngest double World Cup winning player ever sitting next to him and they just... They're shouting about Sia. Uh, Damien Willemson. You can recognize him with clothes on. Uh, Damien <laughs> needs to s- sort out uh, some stuff with Red Bull and that. Uh, he, 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 needs, yeah, no. he needs better PR. No, that's... Yeah, and that sleeve needs to... Okay, I'm not going to talk my rant on the sleeve. She's like, <laughs> make a better sleeve, guys. Come on. It looks so cheap all the time. I do love, the, yes. I do love the fact that... Um, I mean, I do love Red Bull, but the fact is he wants to play with Red Bull. Like, does it, does it apply to other sports as well? I was actually asked the guys at Red Bull. Like, if you're an airboy athlete, do you have to wear the sleeve in all sports? If you're a skateboarder, you're going to have a sleeve. If you're in corporate, you're going to wear a sleeve over your, over, like, over your suit. <laughs> <laughs> no, those guys say, we're going to get our full money's worth if we sponsor you. So, does Roboto wear a sleeve? I'm just trying to think now, because he's also a Red Bull athlete. No, he doesn't. He's, he, he probably, he's, he's probably escaped. He's one of the few. But I think w- w- once Red Bull hears this, the, you'll see him in the sleeve in the next IPL game. <laughs> Yeah, I think Ripple just doesn't want to mess with the IPL contracts as well. Fair enough. Um, guys, we've talked a lot about the forwards, which is awesome for this podcast, actually. Um, just on you the can backs, tell Sean's uh, not here. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't we haven't mentioned one thing about uh, Henku Fencer taking over as uh, the thirteen with uh, Jesse Creel and Lukanya Am there, and it should Am um, move to twelve going forward. <laughs> We've done none of this. No Sasha hype. No Jordan Hendricks <laughs> hype. No Wick. Where the scrum are going to play. We're Tala, off, man. Uh, let, let me set you off for once. You let us, uh, you normally set us off. Sure. The floor is yours. Quan Horn. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. You know what? I've been waiting for the Wrestle Rugby World to come to this realization that this, this man is talented. Um, I just, I really wish he had a much easier name to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think he's just got that. I, I love Jared and I think you're taking some unnecessary abuse um, on that tweet where you say yeah. like he could be the Hugo Keenan type um, fullback. And I don't, obviously I don't think you meant that he's going to take over Willems' post. Um, but geez, what an option to have and what a player. Like he's, I think he, he like when, when I heard Keenan played sevens, it made a lot of sense about the way that he breaks um, lines, his pace, the lines that he takes. And you can see that talent. With Horn, it just comes almost naturally because he hasn't really played mm. that much sevens. And his, I think his ability to really cover space at the back and his kicking um, game is 
quite good. His chase game is pretty good as well. And just his running and attacking with the ball, which obviously have a lot of opportunity to do that with the Lions. Like, it's really top standard. So I really wouldn't be surprised if he is like a 14, a sort of a Corey J type of option that's like a second fullback um, yeah. in the back three there. I think he's got... He's got the he's got the defense. He's got the pace. He's got the um, try scoring abilities. He's got the kicking. Like he's got pretty much everything that you want from a, a young fullback. And you know, when with with the Lions right now, um, look, there's been what four count to my head four Lions players in the background that we've picked: Underberg, Noamba, uh, Van Veek, and and Horn. And I think the reason why is. Everyone pretty much allows each other to to cook and and they mm. play off each other so well. So I, with with that being said, I can see Horn playing well off Lebok. I can see Horn playing well off Vili Leroux at fullback. I can see Horn playing well off Arantza. It doesn't really matter. Like that guy just has that rugby brain that knows where to put himself at the right time at the right place. And yeah, I think he's someone that I I, I he's like one. He's that player that I would back to make the Rugby World Cup in 2027. Like, that's how much I believe in it. Yeah, I, I, I think you're spot on with that. And, like, what, what I think a lot of people don't, uh, well, a lot of people jumped at that uh, tweet of mine is because I put Willem say in the in the, in the yeah. tweets as well. But, uh, like, the way you're describing Horny is almost like the modern fullback. And I don't think um, Willem say is quite the same. Like, Horny is like the stock standard modern fullback uh like templates like if you want the like a that guy it's hugo keenan and like Quan horn are right there whereas Willemse is just like a outright baller like he that's why he can play fly half center fullback like he, he's just a straight up player like he, he would have he will still be a great player in 10 years time but the fullback position might have moved on in 10 years' time uh, by the time Horn, uh, Horn gets there. So th- th- that's sort of how I see it. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's he's a great talent and he's sort of flown a bit under the radar um, for a lot of people. And yeah, like I said, it picked up a few more passengers. He'll pick up a few more passengers on his half train. Cooks, help me with the nickname for the Quan Horn um, fan club. Um... <laughs> Chris Tyndale gave me uh, QAnon, which is a bit controversial, but I love it as well. Um, you gotta call, you got to call his friends the Quantums. You, the you Quantums? Oh, the, I like it. Yeah, some of the, 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 the Quantums. They might need flipping eight, nine Quantums the way, he's, um, the, way he, the way he's hype train is going. But, um, I'll take, but speaking about the backs, I mean, like, there's such an exciting group of backs. I want a petition. I'm actually going to go to sports board. I'm going to go guys that work. We need to see a Tony Brown stew that he's cooking with all our tens. We need to see this. We need to see this alignment camp. Like Rassi needs to record it and post it on YouTube and we can see what Tony Brown is going to do with, with Marnie and Jordan Hendrickson and Damon Williams. Like we, he has to put it. We have to see this. Like mm-hmm. I feel like we, we can't wait till June. I mean, till, till July to see this, what he's playing. Like surely they can do one of those those little dockies that those little clubs that Rassi was putting together before the before the World Cup, like I mean, we look at our backs and you have Tony Brown working on them. So like Tony Brown and Stick, like it is it is very exciting. I mean, I can't wait to see Andre Pollard doing you know behind the back kicks and oh, things like that. I was just going to ask, 
who's the money on for doing that first under Tony Brown? LeBoc. <laughs> LeBoc is the one. I just if I'm Henry Pollard, I'm, I'm I'm coming through. I'm my money is going straight to Pollard. I, I, this is gonna be Pollard revamped. <laughs> this is. What, I, I'm I, I'm putting my money on Jaden Hendricks because you just know that he's getting yeah, one of his early test matches and he will just do it for shits and gigs. <laughs> my question is like Jaden Hendricks and Fuff to Clark. Fuff to Clark is already and and structured and loose. Now, now you're adding Tony Brown to be his backline coach. Cheapers. <laughs> no, I can ugh, I can only wait to see like Tony Brown cook with all these ingredients like the. Just the talent and the ability of these players. Like you saw, uh, Supersport put up this nice clip or like this uh, video of all the tries that these debutants have scored. And that's, I just remember that Sasha Feinberg Gomezulu tried from the first game in the URC. <sighs> that's like those soccer skills that he did yeah. to, uh, against the Lions. Like, yeah, I think Sasha would have a lot of fun with someone like Tony Brown telling him to do all sorts of nasty kicks like that. Also, my question is. <laughs> Tony Brown just comes from Japan. Do you think Tony Brown's going there like he's, he's so used to creating attack without, without having a, a great platform? Now he's going to get to the spin and it's like, but how much time do you need? Like, you've got the best pack in the world. <laughs> like, can you still cook something with all, this, with all this time you have and the platform you're going to have? And the front football is just waiting for you. Tony Brown might, might first be shell-shocked, but how much, how, how much front football he gets? Oh, he's so also going to... He's going to rock up and he's going to be expecting a playmaker in the number 12 jersey and he's going to see <laughs> ah, Damien Dialander and Damien Dialander's <laughs> running at Andre Estes and yeah. <laughs> he's, going to he's going to learn the word Blixem and it's meaning very quickly. So I don't just have Kazuki Himeno and Michael Leach as my ball carriers. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is but like, either. you know, you know when there's like um in the Premier League when a coach goes from like a bottom tier club to like one of the top clubs and he just gets all these things, all these ingredients and plays that he can really play with now and they almost get so overwhelmed. It's like, oh wow, I can do this. I have this player, I have these talents. Like it's gonna be, yeah, I'm really excited to see what he does with with the swing box. Yeah, he's he's not gonna have to have a shot of hori, um, uh, like a shot of hori hooker that that's a baller as well. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, Jared, I mean, Jared, you're right about the 12th thing. He's going to learn about first phase platforms and having Dialendia or Estes and just run into the teeth. And then you can do all your nice, um, all your nice Tony Brown stuff afterwards. Yeah, I, 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 I do think it's going to be great, but uh, I think it's going to be particularly great for a player like Damien Dialender. Like he's coming sort of to the tail end of his Springbok career, like... He's gaining into his thirties, you know. It sort of goes downhill quite quickly for for backs then. But for but for him, I think it's going to be great to have a, a attacking coach like him in the team because he can really show what he's made of, and it's not just crash ball uh, running for him. Okay, gents. Just to finish off on the spring box, is there which of the uncapped players do you think will have the most spring box caps? Just as a random prediction. I'll start with you, Cooks. Oh, geez, Just Tyler. so we can clip this and make you look like a fool in like a year. Yeah, who's the most caps? So, so out of all the uncapped guys? Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to go, who'd have the most? Um, Johan Hrobler. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good a one. Shot. Jared? Uh... I'll go with the other hooker, Andre Yuko Fenter, because he's 22. 
I think Crawford's 26. He's got four years yeah. on him. Jared, Jared and I have, clearly, you're you playing the odds that, okay, Marks is out pretty much the whole year. That means one of them should play in. Then Bongi, Bongi's a bit older next year. What, <laughs> you just like, just, just like play the odds of, like, okay, cool, there's no Marks this year. One of, them, one of them's got to play. Yeah, yeah. My, my, my other guess was, uh, it would probably be uh, Sasha. Because yeah. I, 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 I think... I, th- I think he's big enough to play 12, you know, like tall enough and he could bulk up enough to play 12 for the Springboks. And then like he could go like in the opposite direction of uh, France Stain and then play 10 and 15. Or he could go down the same career path as Stain and bulk up, like bulk up and play 12 and 15 later in his career. Yeah, I think those are probably the the top ones you can put there. Yeah, the other ones that are young, the likes of Fenter, like, oof, so tough there in the loose forwards, of course, as we've talked about many times. Um, Horn, I don't think, would be a bad shout. Uh, if he can just get... If he gets it once, I don't think he's going to be moved out anytime soon. Van Veek, also, I think the stars are aligning a little bit with the number 13 shirt. Um, Am and Creole, I think, are both 29. So, Yeah. I mean, Van Veg just needs to buy this time, sort of come in and out as the players start maybe getting a bit older, maybe not playing as much, and then he can be sort of the mainstay for a 10, 15-year period. So, yeah, there's a few players that are, you know, waiting the wing. So, I, I think, think it's we, a good play. Yeah, We're sort of, we're sort of overlooking Hanukom as well. He's 21 years old. But, uh, number eight seemed to lock down, lock down a, a, a spot in a Springbok team. Hey, so if he's able to to come in and like seal it, it's his. Uh, even though we have Visa, like if he can Brothers, get ahead of Visa, he can stay. Yeah. But and I think the the thing with Anakorn, and I wanted to mention that when we talked about the game, is there's something about Anakorn where you can see he has it, like. Yeah. It's a bit hard to quantify the it, but he just looks like a test rugby player. And I'm not saying that like Russ is the worst player, whatever the case is. And but there was something of the worst that you're like, okay, he's obviously great with the ball. He does a lot of damage. There's just something missing in terms of that graft that you need to do in a um in a test match environment to to make your team go well. But Hanukom already has that. And mm. he's pretty much just starting off his, his um, professional, or at least his URC career. Um, he's got the ball carrying. He's got the tackling. He's got pretty much everything. So, you know, we, yeah, we finally haven't really talked about Hanukom. I think I haven't talked about Hanukom because I subconsciously think he already has like five, 10 caps on the spring box. So, <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be surprising if he's the longer term mainstay. But like you said, Jared, there's a lot of competition he has to go through first. No, damn straight. And but but that's just it's just one of those positions, the number eight jersey, like guys seem to lock it down and it's theirs for a long time. Like you don't see anyone taking the number eight jersey off Audrey anytime soon, like with France. It's, it's just sticking with them. England don't I don't think uh, Ben Orr will keep it for too long, but he's like a stopgate until they've got Dom Brandt playing the way he want they want him to play and like Artie, he's locked in at number eight. He's been locked in at number eight for a long time now. So the teams seem to nail down that number eight. And if you get your foot in it's, it's, and you secure it, it's difficult for them to take it off you. Yeah. Okay. I think let's end the conversation there in the spring box. Jared, thanks so much for joining us for this part. Um, good to hear from you. And yeah, we will hopefully have you join us pretty soon. We'll just have to work out the contracts between you and Cooks. Yeah, yeah, we'll see Jared I'll, in the next alignment camp. 
Like Jared's yeah, alive I, and can finish this now. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll just send my agent's uh, email address once again, guys. Um, but you want great. Yeah, so yeah. The UK great agent, not, not the South African one we keep trying to get hold of the whole time. <laughs> no, it was, it was great to catch up and talk about the box, boys. And uh, yeah, catch you guys soon. Thanks, Jared. Cooks, let's talk about the URC uh, this weekend. I'm just going to go through the results first and then we can just obviously go into more detail with the, with the two South African games. So Munster be, on Friday, Munster beat Scarlet's 42 points to 7. Edinburgh beating Zebra, um, 34 points to 19 away. Then on Saturday, the Bulls beat the Lions. We're going to talk about that in more detail. Leinster beat Benetton at the top of the table. Clash 47 points to 18. Uh, Stormers beating the Sharks in Durban. Glockanach that beat Cardiff um, away from home, 16 points to 12. Um, Glasgow beat the Dragons, um, 40 points to seven. There's a, yeah, I don't know if I want to tell you those cooks, but did you see that um, clip of the Dragons trying to do a, a tap and go move, but they forgot to tap the ball? Oh, please don't tell me stuff like this because I'm trying <laughs> to forgive these guys. I'm, and now you're going to drag me back in. <laughs> I was... Wanting to tag you on that as soon as possible. <laughs> and then um, Ospreys versus Ulster. Um, Ospreys winning 19 points to 7. Quick, yeah, just a quick chat on that one. I mean, Ulster is just such a confusing team because, you know, they're just too talented to be sort of, to be going through this patch of form that they, well, patch of like the last 18 months that they've had. And they lose this game to Ospreys. Ospreys plays pretty well according to all accounts. And um, the coach of Ulster, uh, Dan McFarland, has a whole rant about the ref and the decisions that he missed and everything, instead of obviously just taking it on the chin that his team lost. I, yeah, obviously that's one way of shortening your stay as a coach. And it seems like just seeing all the Ulster fans on Twitter that they're also getting ready to, to boot this man out. No, 100%, Todd. I mean, I think that's a big one because, I mean, Two seasons ago, they were a minor block kick away. Would they still convince will miss that from being in the final? <laughs> and then, um, and then now, obviously, the struggles they are. And you said it's it's too good of a side for them to struggle so much. But um, Jared and I was were talking about this before the part about the Dan McFarlane ran, and it's like it, that stuff like pisses me off because if like as much as all rugby hates Rusty and they the Springboks all because of their, all, all because of that one mixtape we put together, but like if we complain half as much or shut on referees half as much as the other, other coaches get away with it. Like, it would be buried, and people call us again, ruining the game. But, like, when other coaches do it, like, no one says a word. They just bat an island. Ireland, obviously, like, won't say anything about Dan McFarlane going off, refusing to even acknowledge any other theory from the reporter. Just audience was like, no, it's the ref, it's the ref, it's the ref. So, like, it, it does drive me crazy. But um, you are right. I think the fans have, have obviously turned on Dan McFarlane as well. So now he's, he's, he's pretty much... On, on borrowed time at the moment because yeah, like like Taylor, you said it's too good of an outfit to be to be where they are in the log. Yeah, going through the URC log, so Leinster at the top, and Glasgow and the Bulls are just keeping um in, in close contact with them in the top three. Then you've got another bunch of teams, pretty much four points away, and that goes from fourth until eleventh. So that's Benetton at thirty two, Edinburgh at thirty, the Stormers at thirty. Ospreys at 29, Ulster 29, Munster 29, and Connacht at 28. So those seven clubs all have to fit into five chairs to, to get into the top eight um, for the quarterfinals and for um, Champions Cup qualification. 
the Lions and Cardiff still keeping contact. They they probably need to win out the rest of their games, or at least most of their games, in order to um, get into the top eight. So they've got 24 and 22 points. Then the bottom four at the moment, it's Zebra, it's Scarlet, it's Dragons, and it's the Sharks. I'm sure Cooks will want to talk about that a bit later. So Cooks, let's start with the Bulls-Lions game. Um, it's a, yeah, I think the Bulls won this game 25 points to 10 against the Lions and Joburg. First of all, big shout out to Ennis Park, getting 3,000 um, fans in the stadium. Uh, big shout out to the Ennis Park DJ for not trying to play their songs every two seconds. There was a stoppage as well. We're going to talk about the Kings Park DJ a bit later. Um, I think for the Bulls, ultimately it was a bit of a scrappy game. Lots of drop balls. Lots. I think players were just struggling in the heat um, ultimately. But the Bulls just wore down the lines with, you know, keeping keeping the ball in position and just running, um, you know, getting, doing big game line carry after big game line carry. And I think it finally told on the Lions. I mean, the Bulls had doubled the game line carries of the Lions. They constantly had um, superiority in territory and position. And it told at the end with um, the tries that were scored at, uh, near the end of the game. A hundred percent. I think... Um... What, what what I've tried to see, Tyler, I don't think you, you you I think the Bulls have sort of have figured a way to play at home and away from home. I think away from home they they do tend to get into to, into bullying mode and just sort of wearing teams down the possession. And you've seen how they've done, obviously, when they've been in in, in Europe and and some of the games have won. And, and at home, I think at home they'll they're a little bit more expensive when they play at home. But um, yeah, there's also it, it, I must say for the Lions, it did feel a little bit like Big Brother versus Little Brother. And, and and the Bulls did not allow the Lions to get into the game. But I think you saw what happened at at Loftus when they sort of when the Bulls allowed the Lions to sort of open the game up more, and then it it turned to a, it, it turned to a proper try fest. I think the Bulls didn't want to get that Ellis Park crowd going, didn't want to get the Lions going by sort of trying to make it too loose. So the Bulls was basically reverted to top and um, yeah, sort of just put it the way through. And, and I thought for me, what was very good in that game is is, is the way the Bulls controlled that game. I mean, at five three at halftime. It still felt like the Bulls were in control the whole time. Like the score didn't didn't do the Bulls' dominance justice, but then they did just enough. I mean, then 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 they sort of got the they reaped the rewards in the second half. But yeah, it's such a good outfit. I mean, that Bulls side and they 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 have different ways to win. I think with the Lions, I think it's it's one it's one of those ones for them where it's indicated like yes, they've been playing very good rugby, but there's still there's still a few levels they need to go to if they want to compete with the likes of the Bulls. Yeah, I think the line. I think it's clear that obviously it was quite hot because both teams, like you said, the last time they played each other, they seemed to want to throw the ball around as much as possible. And in this game, maybe it's also they're not playing every week because of the Six Nations. Maybe they're a bit mm. out of condition. And he was cooking in Durban in the weekend. Yeah. So they, I think both teams just like, like, we'll play territory, we'll try to get into the opposition's half, and we'll try to, to play our rugby from there. And it just felt like, I don't know, first of all, it just felt that the ball was a bar of soap most of the time. There's so many handling errors from both teams, so they couldn't really build momentum. So I think the Bulls adjusted to that better by just going line one or route one with, with most of the attacks and going direct. That's how Marcel Kutsia got his try near the end. Um, and the Lions, I think they had the right idea of trying to kick, uh, obviously, into territory, play, right, be in the right places, not try to get, not get caught up by the Bulls and their defense. But accuracy just let them down. If it's not some of the kicks from Vandenberg and Noamba, if it's not the kick chase not quite putting pressure on the balls, if it's not, you know, when they get the ball in advantage position, a handling error, there's some kicks that 
um, number missed from the tee as well. Um, there's just a few things that, you know, you can't afford to do against a team like the Bulls that are, you know, near the top of the ERC, unfortunately. And yeah, I, I, the Lions will play worse and probably win against at least five or six of the other ERC teams. But yeah, you can't do that against the Bulls, even if you're at home. No, 100%. And, um, and it's like one of those ones where like the Lions almost, they have to, they almost, they almost play into the Bulls' hands. Obviously, you're not going to take your chances and against the pool side that is that is so rampant in the moment. And if you're gonna to try to get into a sort of territory and a tight a tight game against the bull side, especially if you're not accurate, you're gonna lose every time. So you're right. There, there are there are there are other games where they can definitely get away with it. But that bull side, the momentum they have at the moment and um I mean obviously it's it's all built up now obviously in two weeks time for the big one against the Stormers. But um and, and I'm glad that the Bulls and the um, and the Stormers are actually going into it, into that game again on on some very good form. Yeah, let's talk about some individual performances. Um, Emrys Papier was man of the match. We talked obviously about him being, you know, uh, probably the biggest omission for the Springboks. Um, his jink and run to create that Kane and Moody try was amazing. I think you know, everyone did well that Moody try. Um, the scrum, obviously, Stian Kapkaranda and Kamagane won the scrum penalty. Anokon carried one offloaded to Papier. Papier stepped about three players and then um, scampered down for a, in the gap and then got the pass off to Rudy, who finished well too. Like, that was just some really good rugby from, and uh, yeah, a great 8-9-14 there. No, 100%. I think, like you said, I think Papier has been good for the last two or three seasons. And, um, you know, just, uh, like in South Africa, like Taylor, if you've noticed it's like sometimes like, there are guys, for example, who play for the Springboks, maybe things don't go their way and they sort of get dropped. But then you always brand them as that. Like, yeah. <laughs> whatever happens for the rest of the career, that's who you are. I mean, even Damon DeLindy had that all had that as well. Even now where he'd be amazing, they'd be like, oh, but like he doesn't pass and do this. And you're like, well, I mean, we can't be you can't still be pushed off at his twenty sixteen form now. But um and Papir for me, that seems like the guy was with, with, with some of the public where they still see him as the puppy that played in 2018. Like, when you first got there, you're like, that's, those aren't the same two players now. But And, and he's, he has shown consistency, and he, and he has been very good. And I think um, he was he, he was a man of the match, Patella, but something you mentioned as well. I mean, I know I know you, Cameron Hanukkah made another good game. I mean, you could copy and paste every other episode you've had about talking about Cameron Hanukkah, but I love your tweeting. You said that he does have it. And, and and there are certain few things with certain players that just you just see, like with him, it's my, I love his ability to pick up the ball from the base, and and he always makes smart decisions when knowing when to carry. Or sometimes this guy may be going backwards, you'll pick up and you'll find an offload and get the ball out. He does there's so many little things he does so well in his game that um in, in his game that that impresses me so much. But I've I think I may not for me Kerstin Camp went under the radar. Obviously, when you got named in that box camp. The box squad last year for the rugby championship, and I think since then, every time I've seen him play, he's, he's impressed me. Um, and you can see he's playing like a person that's been around the box setup, and he sort of now he's sort of now he's sort of like got that confidence. Now you can see actually his, his ball carrying is improved, and things is a, is a lot more. He's coming off, he's got a lot better, and you can see like now that he's he, he puts his, a proper stamp on his mark. And, and what I love about him is you know, there, are, there are sometimes he plays against props where. You know, like where he holds his own, but then like when he when he gets a sniff on someone, he, he can dominate them like he did on the weekend. And 
And that's what I love. He's definitely, you can see the growth in his game since leaving that box camp, that box board last year. Yeah, I think you've nailed it. Um, he's definitely improved um, on the scrummaging, especially. I mean, shout out to Don Newman once again for transforming another talent. Um, you you can see that he's, because he wasn't, I don't think, well, he was not this good of a scrummer before the box camp and the Bulls had actually a bit of a weakness in their scrum. And now, it's somewhat of a strength if it's not the best scrum in the competition, but it's near at least the top five or six instead of it being near the bottom five or six. So he's improved. Obviously, Volko Lowe's out with that as well. Um, so he's been great, and he was great around the loose as well. So he had that big run from the 22 um, where he made a few meters. Um, I think he was top for the forwards for meters in the game because of that run. So that obviously shows what the impact that he had. Um, he made a turnover as well. He had a turnover penalty. He, you know, he's he's busy around the field. Like he's not just you know a scrambling prop. Like obviously, props now know that they need to contribute around the field. So he's done really well, and I'm, I'm very happy with this contribution. And I think you've mentioned a lot of the Bulls players that I want to like, highlight. The other one I'll just highlight is Ronald Kia, who I think individually is sort of the closest we have to like that Victor Matfield. Jean-Dre Greer type of just line-out operator right now. I think he might be the best that we have, right? With um, all respect to Lord Diafa. Like, just the way that he operates the line-outs, knows pretty much before the opposition knows where, where they're going to throw the line-out board and is able to to steal it. Like, is able to get the line-out to himself if there's any issues. Like, he can run a line-out like nobody's business. And yeah, I'm very excited to see him hopefully get into the national setup in, in, in the next few months. Um, on the Lions side, Cooks, yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of players lost their personal battles, but they still, I think, gave themselves a good account. Um, Ron Fenter was really good before he went off and he had a few hits on Hanukkah and Lowe. Frankie Vaughan, I think he almost went blow for blow with Hanukkah, which was really good. And, I mean, we know how talented he is and how much, I think he's almost underrated as a, as a as a as a as a good player, but you know he does all the dirty stuff while he gets around the field. He will make a big carry. He'll make an, uh, a good offload as well. Like he's just such a quality player. But because I have a little bit of a take, Asenasin Trabakanye is our Posolo to Yelagi. Like he will just go around and just hurt people, and you're not sure how he's here and there and he's like obviously really big as well and he's just going to make an impact wherever he goes like he really is someone that i can see like for uh maybe a bigger team if not the national team like you put him in the last like 20 minutes he can cause absolute havoc and at the obviously didn't have the best day in the scrummaging but he held his own in a lot of the scrums against um sent up as well so i think he like he lost it initially and then he, he fought back um, in the middle of the game. So yeah, I, I really like him. I think he's just part of that era in rugby that we are in with like these big meaty men that are just um, playing all over the place. And he can really be that, you know, that extra impact player um, that's um, the two laggies and then the Alphans are in, in France. No, I agree with you. I'd love that. I'd love that take. Let's get, let's get in the mix, Tell. I mean, the box have got everything else. I think just, just, just give him 10 minutes at the end. That's all, that's all he wants. Just give him 10, 15 minutes and for him to cause havoc. You, you, you almost killed my poor man, Sergio Peterson, a couple of weeks ago. We still really. 
Um, but like, you're all right. He just pops up. I think he's like, he pops up in areas where you should never be, but he gets there. <laughs> That's what I love about him, man. And he destroys people, man. Yo. Yes, he, he hurts people. And he's been good as well. This, I know, obviously, I mean, someone like Stian Cup is, is probably a horrific matchup for him because Stian Cup is very, he's quite short as well. So it, it, that is a nightmare situation for anyone. So, but no, I, I've loved him all season. Yeah. Speaking of big tackles, Eko van Veik, I don't <laughs> know what Stedman Hans did to him, but that seemed a bit personal. It's almost like Grassi told him, like, whoever plays well in this game is going to get, he's going to be the Buckle Hyman camp. He's like, okay, cool, cheers, guns. I'm just going to just, it's gonna, I'm just going to delete you, like, physically and just, like, off the list <laughs> as well. Jeez. He absolutely munched him in that one tackle. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I, I would like to give both teams grace that, you know, we've been off for a few weeks, so that's why it was a bit, bit scrappy at times. But yeah, I think the Bulls did really well. Last thing I want to mention about this game, Marcel Kutia and tries. I feel like the last two years, at least since he came back to the Bulls, it seems like every game he scores a try. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's because he was or is well, he was the captain and he maybe calls moves on himself. But this man is a try machine, right? No, 100%. <laughs> maybe it's in his contract. Like Maybe there's a clause you put in there. Like I told him, like, listen, if you want to come play and captain, you've got to score tries as well. Because you're yes. all right. Because... Because every time now he just sort of finds a way to score a try, finds a way to finds 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 a way to you know, try. Whether it's like a mall, whether it's a pick and go, whether it's he's finished anything. That's what I love about Mustakuts. It's all different types of tries. It's never just like like the David Pocock twelve tries a season, but it's all rolling malls. Like he's gonna give you pick and go. He's gonna give you carries. He's gonna give you finishing off in the wing. I love the variety of, the variety of his work. Yeah, he's been really good. Last last note is Moni Vandenberg. I, I see the vision I see. That man is Faf de Klack, like, born again. Like, that guy just puts himself, gets himself involved with Rax. Um, he chases down. Like, he was the, um, the lead chaser for a lot of the kickoffs for the Lions. Like, he just does crazy, ridiculous scrum off stuff like that that I know is obviously appreciated by the current Bok coaching staff. So, yeah, the, the Vandenberg pick, Especially once I watched this game, um, this game um, this afternoon, I was like, ah, that doesn't surprise me now. No, hundred percent. Like it's yeah, you're right. It, 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 I've always said like the problem with Fafter Clark is is one of one. I didn't know that he was um in the lab cooking a a, a clone in in in, in Mornay van der Berg. Clearly, clearly has been. And and, and um, I've always, I've always rated uh, Mornay van der Berg. I think he's, he's he's a very good player. And I think you're right. I think now we've got two Fafter Clark. So. Horrific if 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 they were both playing in the same test if you're the opposition. Oh goodness. Cooks, you've avoided long enough. We need to talk about the shots of the Stormers. Um so Stormers won twenty-five points to twenty-one at the King at King's Park, and Cooks, you actually had the privilege of being there as well. Um I haven't I didn't watch the whole game. I watched bits and pieces here and there. So Cooks, I'm gonna probably well, I'm gonna rely on your analysis on the field to tell me. Are the Sharks just as bad live as they are um, on, on the TV? It definitely is a lot more frustrating live than they are watching them on TV. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, it's like, you know, you just tell her, like, why, why, it's so, why it's so frustrating. It's because, you know, they had a bad start. And, um, the, and the game was a very physical game, which is, I mean, some of the hits that were, were being dished out early. And, and Stormer sort of just controlled that game for that first half, for the first 20. And, and then, once it got to about twelve nil, generally at the time I was like, "Oh Jesus, this this yeah, he, this could end badly because the way the season's going." Because especially like because the Sharks did defend well, and then obviously then you have and then you're like, 
they give away the boogie the, the boogie chip and chase where he creates magic in the first Thomas Trowell, but almost they're just knocking at the door. But then the shocks again, they find them they find themselves back into the game and they keep 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 on finding they keep on finding ways where you, they give you hope, Tyler. Like sometimes they build you up and then they, they they find a way to lose the game again. And that's like that's so frustrating and at the at the moment because like I genuinely thought like the the appearance in the game again, you see how good this team is. You see the quality of the spring box, but then there are players who are just like, "What the fuck is going on? How?" Like I love a poor Yankee. Like he had a massive chance to score. And like and I think the Sharks tell you the moment is like they don't win the big moments. I don't. I don't think they have all season. And it's and when you're playing, it's like a storm aside. You have to win those moments where the storms again for me. Like watch, watching those two sides play. That was a, that was a B storm aside. For example, the, the spring box were all rested. Sasha Gomezula's first game back from injury. Someone more just has gone back from injury. So Levin Hudson-Bugs probably that's about his fourth, third or fourth game back from injury, but he's been, he's been in and out of the side. No Dan Duplessis. You know what I mean? Like It's a side where like they lost um, they, they lost Dan Duplessis in the week, so Sasha was, was, was moved away. So like, it's, there was so much going on. and like But with the Stormers, for example, they just, well, they're, they're at the moment, this well-old machine and belief in their systems and belief in how they can and know how to win rugby games. With the Sharks, is they're struggling to win the moment, and you can see the difference between the Southern one game and the Stormers being champions and and coming over finals loss. So it is frustrating because, like, if they lost fifty nil, for example, in the week of the Sharks, I'm like, you know what, we just should. But the frustrating thing is, like, you can see how good we can be, but cheap is some like we find the funniest ways to lose rugby games. Yeah. Uh, the Sharks just can't get out of their own way. I think that probably sums it up. Like They're just in that space where they can do good things for a little bit, but they can't sustain them. And like you said, they just lose the big moments and that just puts them behind more and more. Yeah, I think let's maybe focus on the Stormers just to make yourself feel a bit better quicks as well. Um, you said it, it's a, Effectively, mostly a second string stormer side, or at least in some positions, Springboks are rested, some players are injured or unavailable. And yeah, I guess it just shows the, the, you know, the depth that the stormers have, but also just the systems and the stormers trust these systems. And obviously, the sharks are still working towards that. I really liked the 10, 12, 13 of Matia um, Gomezulu and, and Hartzenberg. Matien Gomezu especially were just playing so well off each other. I really liked that they almost trust each other as or as a double pivot, which was really, really great to see. Yeah, it was great. And it was funny because obviously Sasha now, he, he almost didn't play the experience head role because obviously he's, he's got a few more caps. But um, And you could see like with Matien, and, and it was a great balance of, and, and the way they used each other's strengths as well. Because I thought Matien as well, I mean, that, that was a massive game for him to step up in, I mean, away in Durban. Ooh, I mean that's a that's a big one because I think they lost Dan du, they lost Dan Duplessis in the week so I think Sasha was meant to play ten and then Duplessis would have been the center so so Matias stepped up late stepped up um, and showed his quality oh man Sasha Sasha Gomezul is a superstar like it's it's as simple as that I mean those two cross kicks for that first try on either side like you sit there you're like. Like like you said, he's got it, and he's just he's just a baller, and he he floats around the rugby field. And interestingly, he has gotten bigger. Like I, I saw him, like again, I was like, oh, the same. I remember when, when he went when we went to go watch um Damien Willemser in that all semi final, we both said like, 
Demi Moore is, 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 is putting, like, he's gotten bigger. Like, it, and Stachy has obviously, because he was playing at 12, and, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a special player. And I think it's, like, for me, it's that he's, he just floats on the rugby field, and he's just got that, he, he probably because the Bishop's boy as well. <laughs> he's got that, like, he's just, 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 just that's his time on the ball. He's effortlessly cool, not in an arrogant way. Oh, just, just I'm, I'm, I've always been a big fan, and Hattenberg as well is a, is a player that I think has got a big future as well, I think whether it's 14 or wing. Um, I thought his defense has come a long way as well. So, I mean, he probably, again, I mean, that was his first year playing rugby, but you can see he's definitely worked on that. And, um, yeah, like, again, the Stormers, now you sit there with the Stormers, like Tyler, especially at 10, 12, 13, is they've been doing all this without arguably, I don't think that they've had many games with their first, their starting choice, 10, 12, 13, because Dan, Dan, he's hardly played. Amani LeBox been in and out, obviously the box side. Willem has been either playing at 12 or 15, Jean-Luc Duplessis has covered a 12 at a time and they're still finding ways to win. So it just shows the depth that Dobbo's built, especially in the backs. I mean, and, 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 they, and, and they can all cook. That's the crazy part. Sure. I mean, yeah, there's so many players you can still put into this team um, that, uh, that didn't play. I mean, we know Ron Nell's also been ruled out for the season. That's why they bought in Similani, who had his debut cap for the Stormers this weekend. And... Never mind all of that. Ben Loder just also has a really good game for the for the Stormers uh, this weekend. I mean, I'm slightly surprised they didn't make the Springbok alignment camp. I mean, I'm sure Rassi can organize a passport for him. Um, <laughs> he's yeah, like the Stormers just are so stacked uh, in the back line, and even the forwards stood up, I think, quite well. And it was, I think, at least the pass that I saw, so interesting just seeing Evan Russ almost being the senior player and the the player in the front line that that. Um, with his carrying and and his work around the field, I think he was almost the guy that was leading the the Stormers' fight against the the Sharks here. No, hundred percent. I mean, and playing at seven as well. So I mean, and, I mean, a position hasn't played for a while. And and and, and I, I mean, Enos' first game also back from injury. It feels like the Stormers just feel like the. I feel like the Stormers is either someone's returning from injury or someone's getting injured. That's been like the theme of this season. Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought Rose was good. I think and Ruben Van Heeren again, like the look, he's an absolute, absolute workhorse again. I, th- I, th- I thought he was. I thought he was also very good. But again, like they pack is. I mean, I mean also shout out Netting for sure playing eighty minutes in the weekend. Um, shame all the props are dropping like flies and poor Netting had to put in the shift all day. I thought he was also man of the match. But yeah, again, Tyler, I think is you know they find a way to win those guys as Thomas and, and and they pack. And and the, and the, and the, the laughing about it, almost similar to the Bulls, is they have different ways of winning. There are games where Daimani will absolutely cook and rip teams to shit. And there are games where, like, some, where they'll actually they'll sit there and grind it out, and then their backs will create something something special. But um, but tell I'm talking about that. We we yet to see a Warikalanta tweet yet because Boogie returned to. He, uh, let me say, Warikalanta returned to being Boogie again because yes. he was, oh, you cooked on the weekend. Oh, you cooked yeah. on the weekend. That's um, obviously the 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 try that you talked about earlier that you created. I was like, yeah, because lo- uh, a few weeks ago, people were fighting me. I was saying, look, I guess that he's not necessarily in the top four, but guys, please still keep your boogie stocks. And people were like, no, he's stinking it up, like he's done. I was like, okay, cool. So yeah, I'm not gonna be surprised if boogie has a run now until like the end of the season. Like, seems like the Stormers they know by now how to obviously get to the finals of the URC. They've done it twice. So even with these players being in and out, like I think once April hits and it's Champions Cup and URC business end, like 
I think all of the players are going to be back and all the players are going to be fit and firing. And yeah, then we'll see the the Stormers quality just, just jack up. So yeah, I'm I'm very chilled about the Stormers and where they are right now. The Sharks on the other. Tell us, like, one way to put it is, like, Sharks need to get to May. Season needs to end. Like, <laughs> because this is, like, it's just, like, again, like, it's just, it's the same ways of losing rugby games and saying, like, hopefully the, the best chance is to win a Challenge Cup. It is going to be frustrating and, and change things up. And obviously, like, you have someone like Ron Jones for Innsbruck leaving mid-season, so that doesn't help. But, I mean, there was a glimpse, glimmer of hope in Onsia Masuku. He came on, he was great off the bench. Hopefully they can give him, give him a bit of a run there at 10, I think. I, I still think Cohen Bosch is a good rugby player. I'm, I've always been a fan of Cohen Bosch, but his confidence is an all-time low and 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 he's just been battered and bruised. And, and, and I can just feel, like, also in his game, like, just he's not got that same freedom he had a couple of years ago. No matter, he feels like He's playing on the weight like a hundred kg oak sitting on his shoulder, just all this pressure, and he's trying to he's trying to run the team, but he's also trying to find some form. And it's just like there's so many like like there's so many different moving parts, and I just and I, and I do feel bad for him because it, he does show glimpses, and, and you see like, but then again, there's the frustrations, and and he's been made the scapegoat. I mean, there's there's quite a few issues with the sharks. I think, yeah, I think he's he, like ten is, is is a big problem, but. He's not. He's not the main. He's not the only. Like the main or the only issue at 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 the at the shark. And this is a confidence thing. That it it does look like a side that just like you lose enough. Right? We've seen it. Tell any sports teams or you lose enough games. It, it it's hard. You you have nothing to lean back on when when you get down to the crunch times. So you look at the Stormers, for example. Is they've been in situations before and they found ways to win. Ways that way it looks inconceivable. They, they they've just have been in so many situations where and they can rely on and they and, and they have the confidence of the sharks is they don't have that confidence of like can we actually bounce back from here? Because the last six seven games we haven't. So that's they like I think we'll say this until the flipping season ends. Can they just win like three in a row, build some sort of momentum, play the box every game until like until Rusty says they can't play. Like find a way just to win a few rugby games or something. For my sanity, I'm asking. Yeah, I think Cooks, you're closer to the mark. I'm just saying, I think just put the season in the back burner and try to focus on the next season. Um, yeah, obviously, rumors I alluded to earlier of them buying Andreas Hazen and Trevor Yekani kind of, it's almost like the Sharks are repeating the same mistake of you've got the Springbok names. They're obviously not going to be available for at least, let's say, half the season through being unmanaged and tours and um, champions, um, sorry, rugby championship and stuff like that. So that doesn't really solve the problem. And there doesn't seem to be that young crop of players that are really coming through and claiming their places in the team. So you're going to just flood money into the team with all these quality dog players that don't necessarily play every week where you're not really focusing on that next level of players that are your players that you can expect to play all 18 URC games. And they're the ones that set the standard of how good your team is. So the Stormers have the Nietling Fushiers, the Ruben from Hierdens, um, Hachiva Daimani, um, you know, uh, Ron Nal, Dan Tuplissi. Those players are always there and they'll always give you seven, eight out of 10 performances. And the Stormers, unfortunately, don't really have too many of those. If, I mean, the Sharks don't have too many of those, if any. And yeah, unfortunately, if 
the Nyakame and Estes and rumors are true. And I mean, look, I'm not saying don't buy Springbok players when they're available, but it feels like we're going to run into the same issues. Like we've just had Ronnie outside of Rensburg in the Sharks and he didn't really make much of an impact. So yeah, it's the same thing going to happen to Estes and maybe not, but you're running into the same problems again and again and again, which is, I think, the frustrating thing for the Sharks. Looking at their fixtures, so they've got the Lions in two weeks. And then once the Six Nations tape is down, it's Ulster, Edinburgh, Zeb, um, and um, Zebra and Glasgow. Zebra is in the Challenge Cup, and Glasgow then is the first game away. And then they've got Glasgow, Scarlets, and then finish up the URC with Benetton, Cardiff, and the Bulls at the end. Like, I mean, it's, I think both the, the main thing to focus on is the Challenge Cup. So try to arrange themselves for that. But I would genuinely advise the Sharks to almost tell the Springboks, hey man, take a break and just focus on getting yourselves ready for Zebra and the Challenge Cup games. And the URC, we're going to use it now to try and develop that next tier of, of players that are not Springboks and just find some sort of combinations that work. Because, yeah, because I'm not sure which combinations we can take from the season. Like, we can say, okay, we've got a center pairing. Okay, we've got a back three. Okay, we've got a loose forward trio. I'm just not sure where the Sharks go. I think the only positive it sounds like is the front row that came on, the Oostazen, Tundo, and Bonambi one played really well. Yeah, 100%. I think, yeah, there's a few glimpses, but the Sharks are like an old car at the moment. Tell her you fix one thing, and then <laughs> now, this is, now, now you fix, you, 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 you've something wrong with the engine, now your tires are, now the tires have got an issue. Yes, okay, cool, we might have, look on your arm, man, the box are back. Okay, cool. But now the scrums are functioning. Okay, now we sort the scrum. Now we need to find a blind side flank. Okay, cool. Now we've got we got some sort of flank and now the locks are struggling. So it's like it it I don't think they have an overhaul, but I do think obviously they need some help. Like the, the, there's almost each facet of the game is something they need to fix like they might need to get a lock in, uh, maybe one more prop, um, blind side flank. We look at that. Someone in the Lucy, you know, maybe an extra Lucy in there. Nine is probably the only position where Nine and probably the wing and back three probably the only positions where they feel comfortable. Where it's like, okay, cool, that's fine. Fassi also had a very good game on the weekend. He sort of, those of the Fassi of old, hopefully he can just sort of get some, keep that going. Uh, it was good to see him playing well. Um, the percentage is a big one in terms of the 12 position. What are they going to do? Is they, are they going to keep front of fence or do you bring, do you bring back, um, do you bring back um, Andre says And so it's just, there's just so many questions. What's going to happen at 10? There's just so many questions and it's, and unfortunately, I don't think you can fix that in one, say, transfer window. Yeah. No, I think it, was, it has to be a patient approach and they have to try to build it brick by brick. And maybe it's sort of tanking the rest of the URC, playing the kids and just seeing who's going to um, come through and, and, and get those combinations. I mean, the box, are, the box are always supposed to be sort of the spice at the top, not almost the whole basis of your team, especially in a, cha- in a competition like the URC when you don't even have access to your box for the rest of the, for most of the season. Yeah, this feels like Man City the first time. You know, they bought Robinho and the yeah. Bayou. 100%. But also the thing is, if you go to Stormers, for example, is people forget they ran started with these with these players. The new yeah. thing for Shears. The, like Vlimsa was not a box regular, so he was playing week in, week out. Moyle Bok obviously just put... Lando was playing, so all these, a lot of those guys were playing week in, week out, like, and they sort of, and then double sort of built up a squad around them, and then obviously when the guys went, now got eleven, I was playing for the box, but he's been able to add in guys. They like, for example, when Williams has gone, they, 
Naira Mgomazulu can play that role. Dan Dupli is still there. So, whereas the Sharks almost, it's like I said, it's so park heavy that now nine guys leave. Now it's like, okay, cool, but the other guys haven't played for like three weeks, five weeks. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, no, it's, 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 so it's a tough one. Okay, Cooks, I think just to round off, let's do a few, I want to ask you a few questions about some of the rugby games that are happening this weekend. So we've got um, the Vancouver Sevens and the DuPont debut happening this weekend. How many clips of Anton DuPont are we going to see on social media from Bold Rugby? Oh, but it's, it's, it's starting from when he gets off the plane in Vancouver. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking about two a day. Before the weekend, the weekend we're getting about at least six or seven each day. Yeah, um, yeah, um, I hope for his sake, Dupont really does um, like cross it out there. But yeah, I think we're gonna have a big saturation of Dupont content this weekend. Good Super Rugby is also starting this weekend. We've got the the repeat of the final as the first game of Chiefs versus Crusaders, and yeah, obviously all the other teams are coming through. The Rebels. Apparently, still have money to run for at least this season. Um, Cooks, your prediction: Who's going to win the Super Rugby? Oh, um, I'm going to go. The, I'm going to go the Chiefs. Um, I think they're probably the most um, set on the side. I think Crusaders has a lot of changes. No more one game. No more. I'm not. I'm not pretty much talking to any team that has Fergus Black at ten. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll have to go to the Chiefs. And, I, and I'm a Crusaders guy, so it does hurt to say. Uh, yeah, I can't really argue against that. I really want to say the Brumbies, but I don't think so. so. Like, hey, give up on the Brumbies now. Give it up. You always start this Brumbies <laughs> chat every year. Let it go. Is Stephen Larkin playing for them again? Is George Griegan back? Every year. I think the Brumbies are going to do something. They're not, they're, they're not doing shit. They'll they make a semi final and lose again. Sorry, man. <laughs> they were close. I just want an Aussie team. Yo, I just want an Aussie team to go through. Like, that country's been through enough, or their fans have been through enough. Apparently, this weekend they're also releasing that Eddie or the that last dance, but it's not the last dance um, documentary from last season. <laughs> so just, yeah, they need some. Right. We've got to get our jokes in because flipping old Joe Schmidt. They, they actually they actually got. Oh, you know, be funny. My, my my dream scenario actually was for Joe Schmidt to get to the the first year of the Wildebeest job. Looks around and goes like, sees all this mess. He's like, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna fly back to New Zealand. I quit. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> like Bill Belichick when he signed for the Jets and left three days later, he's like, you know what? Mm-mm. The same for me. <laughs> I'm just gonna, you know, I had a good life there. I was the Blues. Lemon, like, you know, I was a state of rugby popped in for blacks. I was I was back in New Zealand. And like, that's what that's what I, I'm still a part of me still waiting for that to happen. Like mid rugby <laughs> championship. Like, you know what? Yeah, I tried. Sorry, cheers, guys. This is too much of a Phil war. Go get some other ex Wallaby to come and be a director or CEO or something because. There's more, because like, I don't know. So I, I, I want to get all my Wallabies jokes out because I do think George made a good, a good job. And, but I'm, I'm, I refuse to start it with the Brumbies. Okay. Okay. If I'm not allowed to say the Brumbies, then I guess I'll have to agree with the Chiefs. But don't be surprised the Crusaders lose five in a row. They can still make the final. We, we know the Crusaders. We know 100%. their game right now. 100%. Okay. Then Six Nations is happening this weekend. I'll start with the less or the, the smaller game, if I can call it that. France versus Italy, France playing at home. Yeah, France comfortably. Yeah, I'll say France comfortably. Yeah. Look out for Louis Lila, who might be making his debut for Italy this weekend. 
sign for Benetton one week and ready in the Italy squad. Like, Casada's not wasting any time. If you have an Italian passport <laughs> and you play rugby, you are in. I love that. Like, tries to crack it, couldn't make it with the England side. Like, he's like, one quick call to, from Casada's like, by the way, what, what are you doing in two weeks' time? Can you, can you play international rugby? Sweet. Okay, sign for Benetton. <laughs> No, Benetton's building a super team there, so that's also another thing. Um, Ireland versus Wales. Ireland playing in Dublin. Can anyone stop the Ireland um, green machine to the um, to the Grand Slam? No, not a shame. Not not Warren Gatlin's the Varsity team. No, unfortunately not. Why <laughs> are you calling them a Varsity Cup team? Um, the, the, the average age is like twenty. I, okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> And then the big one, of course, for you, Cook. Scotland versus England. Scotland playing at home. Yeah. Is this, is the Finn Russell Invitational going to continue? Surely England's going to beat Scotland again eventually. And this is such a Scotland game to lose. Like, I'm actually going to go England, actually, Tyler, which, which is tough for me to say because yes. this is such a, such a Scotland banana peel game. You know, they didn't close the game against France and could have potentially scored, couldn't find an angle. So you, you can build on from the momentum, and but I can genuinely see them having a two-week break and then falling apart and then going to lose England. Yeah. And then, and then they end fourth, and then it's just like, here we go again. Finn Russell's going to go drink you on Thursday next week, and then he's not going to play. <laughs> and then he's not going to play the game against, against Italy. So it's, yeah, it's due to happen. The signs were bad for me for Scotland when they wanted World Rugby to explain that... Um, why they weren't given a try at the end. I was like, oh, this is going to be like the 2019 World Cup when they want to sue Japan for having a typhoon. And <laughs> then after that, they played such a horrible game against Japan. So I can, I can see a stinker coming, but no, I, again, kind of like in that Brumbies bracket, I want to believe in Scotland that they're the best of the rest. So surely they beat England this weekend. So, but England sneakily doing the things and pull, I mean, they've, sort of getting their defense going and playing sort of more classical England rugby. Like, they need a sculpt, I think, this season. So one of Scotland, England, I mean, Scotland, France, Ireland, New Zealand is going to be taken by England in a surprise game. I'm just not sure which one. I, I, let's see. But yeah, I, I want to believe in Gregor Townsend and hopefully he can reverse the Scotland try to sue the world for their rugby mistakes. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, I can't. I they're, can't. Also, they're also still looking for Craig Joubert because remember that they were still, oh, they were trying to change the GMO goodness. thing. <laughs> so, like, yeah, jeepers. Like, yeah, so unfortunately, nope. that's. Um, South, that's Africans, South Africans are number one in complaining about the refs. I don't even dispute that. We are top of the log. But, geez, Scotland make a big mess <laughs> when they complain about refs. Oh, my goodness. Oh. You want to sue now? Like, I, I can't take them seriously. Cooks, finally. Varsity Cup is starting. It's actually playing as we speak, uh, as we record this podcast. Um, how far do you think Tux is going to go in the Varsity Cup? <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see their trips to 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 Forty and Alice. Um, until I, I see them televised. play, I think they're televised. I, I, I got to see it. Shame, Ducks, Ducks of Nicks, all Nicks this season, unfortunately. So I'd like to no, no, I'd like to see. I'd like, I'd like to see a first time winner, like a Vitz. You know, someone like that winning it. I think that would be, be cool to get. Because, I mean, it's always like the poker. I think Shimon has won it once. I don't think UJ has won it. So I think, I think, I think UJ and Vitz. Yeah. UWC are the ones. That I would love to see Like I'd love to see someone like that, like Vitz win it or something. That'd be, I think it would be a very cool story. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm going to say and what I, what I want to win. So. 
they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're not paying you to be a flipping rugby analyst. Like, so it just doesn't matter if Marty's going to win enough rugby World Cup. So like, they don't listen to this pod and be like, you have to say Marty's going to win or we'll review your contract. Look, Adam, I'm not even going to take the chance. But yeah, it's been a long time for the Maroon Machine. We're like, I think about eight or nine years away from our last victory. So now it's time. It's time to get a new one. It's not our fault you decided to win like nine in a row or something stupid at the start. So like, give other, <laughs> give other kids a chance. Yeah. Look, and it'll obviously be the ultimate troll to Taxa as well that we win when they're gone. So I, I, I need this for all the banter as well. So yeah, Marcy Cup, yeah. This is going to be this part of the season. You have to pace yourself for the rugby watching and you have a partner at home that's not a big rugby fan or whatever, like family, whatever the case is. Like, Cooks, I don't know what your strategy is of negotiating which nice to watch rugby, which nice off. Like, yeah, you at least you not have the... Remember when we had the Curry Cup also on, like, Wednesdays and Thursdays at this oh, time? Oh, jeez. Yeah, no, 100%. So, we, we, are, we, are so, we, are so, we are safer, but I don't know. I, got, I can sneak in the Friday morning because I'm off this week and um, I can get that done. Mrs. at work. And then Saturday is a tough one because I've got a housewarming, my own housewarming, and I planned it <laughs> on the day of all the rugby in the world. I did not consider it a month ago. And I was just like, and now I've like got a whole bunch of people over and there's nothing that gets in more trouble when it gets over and they're all outside. I'm watching rugby inside. <laughs> you know the casual, like when you go inside to get something to drink and you're like standing in front of the TV, but you think you're standing for 10 minutes, you end up standing for half an hour. You're like, Okay, cool. Like, so I might get, I might risk it. I, I, I might find which game and then just risk it. But either that, or I spend the entire Sunday watching rugby. So that's <laughs> the, 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 that's the two options I'm bringing up. I can do that and be a bad host, or I can be antisocial entire all of Sunday. <laughs> either way, it's yeah. a lose lose. Yeah. So negotiations are happening in many households now that we have rugby basically four days a week at least. Goodness gracious, Cooks. I think let's end it there. Um, We've had a review of this first Springwalk alignment camp, spent 45 minutes on a squad that's just transferring or just like it's a big WhatsApp group that they're starting. So that's always <laughs> valuable and trying to figure out the man, the myth, the legend as Rassi Erasmus. And yeah, looked at the URC. You've got some thoughts out on the Sharks, had some therapy as well. And yeah, looking forward to a big weekend of rugby. So to the Dirt Trackers, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Rugby Bits podcast. You know where to follow us on social media. Please, um, um, follow us on, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please um, follow us on, a, on your favorite rugby, um, on your favorite podcast platform, be it Apple, Spotify, whatever the case is. And like, share, review, rate the podcast. And yeah, we can also just get up those rugby, um, those rugby podcast rankings as well. So thank you so much. And we're going to see you in the next, in the next episode. Bye-bye. Cheers, guys.